This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. in the toy section than the kid who hangs the figures from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, this week, it's going to get slightly less weak. we got a, a little bit of a uh, abbreviated show. We're going to tell some tales, talk about... Uh, the movie known as Thor, some Star Trek talk and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be fun. Don't worry, you're going to have a good time. But it may be, may be a bit shorter than you are used to. At any rate, let's, uh, let's get the jump off jumping. This episode of the Toys R Us Report is brought to you by Kellogg's and by Corn Frost. The cereal that possesses the flavor of your lost friends and ancestors watching over you from the distance just to make sure that you are safe. Corn by Kellogg. Big up to Kellogg's, big up to Corn Frost, the cereal that uh, lets your ancestors spy on you from a distance just to make sure that, um, just to make sure that you are safe or something like that. That's, uh, that's a nice idea, isn't it? The thought that maybe, maybe your ancestors are off in the distance keeping an eye on you, helping to, uh, helping to assure your safety. That's, that's pleasant. That is a, that's a good thought. Keep that one, keep that one in your head. They, they stay far enough away so that you have your privacy, but they are there just, just in case. Corn Frost from Kellogg's. Corn Frost, Corn Frost is good, man. I, I'm a fan of Corn Frost. Uh, let's see, what's popping off around here? You know what, man? I don't want to dwell on the same topic over and over and over again, but there is... There is, like, seriously nothing going on around here except for, except for the fires. That is, that is real. The fires are long since put out. They have been, they have been defeated. They have been pump kicked in the chest. They have been, they have been ground and pound into submission. And that is great. But this is, uh, this is the beginning of the rebuilding process. This is a part that is going to take many a moons. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I I record this some weeks from up there on Jupiter and some weeks I am down here on Earth Base 1, which is located in lovely Santa Rosa, California, which fell victims to the the horrific Tubbs fire. It was a wildfire. There was at one time like three different wildfires burning all around my lovely city. It was terrifying of you. Haven't heard the last couple episodes. That's what's 
That's what's been going on. The fires are just, it's all anybody around here talks about. It's all anybody thinks about. And I think that, I think that is super normal. This was a massive catastrophe in, in my fire district. That is, you know, the area that the firemen, the Rinkin Valley Fire covers. There was... There was something like 1,500 homes lost. That is catastrophic. It's terrible. There are there are people everywhere searching for a place to live. FEMA. FEMA's rolling through. They are going to set up some uh, FEMA sheds for people to live in. And that's really great. I think that I read they can stay there for a year and a half. That's... That's a good long time. Let's hope that by then things have normalized enough that these folks can move into, you know, more permanent residence. But it's nice to know that uh, these FEMA dudes are there in the meantime. But until then, you know, we just got to hang and clang. We've got to keep keeping on. 2.0 had a birthday the the other week. And she had like, I don't know, 12 or 13 folks over here. A bunch of nerds. They played video games. They played Mario Kart. They played uh, things like that. They played Super Smash Bros. And then they watched they watched King of the Hill while eating Mambo's pizza and drinking Fanta. It was it was a nerdy affair, which is great, man. You can't hope for nothing more than your kids having a nerdy affair. But of the of the twelve or thirteen kids that were here at the party, three of them had their houses burned down in the fire. That is. That is such a high uh, percentage. It's just a terrific loss. I'm talking to this, talking to this kid, and he is, he's telling me that his mom wants to know how we made out in the fire because we were really close to the, to the breaking line. And his mom wants to know how we made out. And I'm thinking to myself, you want to know how we made out? I want to know how you made out because I know what happened. This was one of the, this is one of the kids who lost their houses and his mom's, you know, reaching out to us to make sure that we're safe. It's, it's really sad, man. And I, I don't know. It's all, it's all that there is around here. But one thing that I do like is that when something of this nature goes down, some, some folks do heroic actions and it's always it's always cool to hear stories of heroes or stories of people who made, you know, some ridiculous escape. We all we all like an exciting tale. I'm not I'm not alone in this and we do need these things to kind of counterbalance the sadness. It can't it can't all be gloom and doom even though it seems that way. There was there was this story in the Facebook fire group the other day. This guy was, uh, this guy was over in the coffee area of Santa Rosa. And this area was completely destroyed in the fire. This guy was, he was just driving by and he saw, he saw what was going on. He saw, you know, the fire jumping off. So he, he got out of his car and dude was a power washer. Like he was a professional power washer, dude. He ran a, uh, power washing business and he pulled out his washer and it was you know like a gas powered gimmick and he used it to combat the fire in this one house he 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 saved it he saved the house some of the houses in the coffee area did make it and this one this one was because a power washer guy stopped on his way home and happened to have his equipment with him and was quick thinking enough to get out and to get out and use it i 
I looked this up. We were so close to the fire line that we've kind of we've kind of started thinking that maybe we should be proactive and try to buy some tools to fight the fire. And when I read this story of the power washer guy, I started thinking, well, I wonder if I wonder if a power washer is a good tool. It does. It does squirt water. So I started uh, doing a bit of research. And what I found out was the effective use of water in a fire is in dousing the fire. You have to you have to use large quantities of water. And the power washer's gimmick is that it uses less water propelled quickly. So that alone is not an effective effective firefighting tool. But what you want to do with it is you... You put soap into the water dispenser, and the soap acts as a fire retardant. It uh, effectively squeezes the oxygen out of the fire by coating it in soap. So if you're in a situation wherever there is some sort of a flame and you have a power washer, consider putting a consider putting some soap or some detergent in there. It is decidedly more effective from from what I read. I don't know. I have no experience in that area, but it is it is what I read on some random forum on the internet. This is one that I uh, that I shared on the Facebook group. That's uh, facebook.com backslash IC robots, but I like it and I uh, I haven't shared it here on the show, so I'm going to I'm gonna do so. This one also takes place over in the over in the coffee neighborhood of Santa Rosa, this girl was this girl was awoke to flames surrounding surrounding the entire area. This stuff jumped off so quickly. We were having like hurricane level winds, and it spread the fire from the uh, Calistoga area all the way over to Coffee Park. And it happened it happened so quickly that nobody had any time to. Any time to prepare, so this girl is home and the fire jumps off, so the the first thing she does is she grabs her beloved dog and she jumps into the truck and she goes to flee, but on the way of the flight, a, a tree falls right in front of the road, so she's stuck, so she jumps out of the car with her dog and she runs, she runs all the way back to her house to get her, to get her bicycle and she's like, look dog, you, uh, you gotta get in in this bag. She had, like, a big canvas bag, and the dog is, like, a 70-pound pit bull, but she's like, look, you gotta do it. You gotta get into this bag, and she grabs, you know, grabs this giant pit bull, stuffs it in this backpack on her back, and escaped, escaped on her bike. That is, that's one of my favorite stories. I, I see this, you know, this junior college girl just mowing through the flames on her mountain bike with this dog. This dog, like, looking over her shoulder, you know, and I don't know, man. I, I love a story of a valiant escape, and I love a story story that involves a dog. When we were when we were at home here, and, you know, the fire is moving toward us, and we're trying to decide what we should do. We're thinking, should we stay and try to fight the flames? Are the flames even going to reach us? What What should we do? The... The dogs are there, and I, I just told him, I said, look, you guys stay here. You guys jump in the bed, and you stay here. And Ursa and Jones jumped in the bed, and they waited there the whole entire time while we packed the car, while we captured the cats, while we did everything that we had to do in case we had to flee. I I could see the fear in their eyes. I could see that they were both... They were both scared and they, you know, they had that scared tail wag that dogs get. But 
they they huddled up together and they stayed together. And then when it came time for us to have to finally flee, when the police came to our door and said, you guys got to get out of here now, man, it's the end of the world. I just, uh, you know, we opened up the door to the truck and said, get in, get in. And they, you know, they jumped in and there was like, there was like debris in the air when we were running away. There was like things falling all over the place. And they just, you know, they're like, we're out of here. Dogs are, dogs are smart, man. I'm sometimes surprised at the intelligence of Ursa, my dog. I'll, I'll just like say something to her and she seems like she gets what, she gets what I'm saying and she does it. I understand dogs have like the, the capabilities of, um, I don't know, like a hundred, 200 word vocabulary. So I imagine there is a lot of things that she just hears me say and she kind of picks up on it, hearing me say it again and again and again. I don't know. I'm not inside the head of a dog, even though I think that, I think that would be fun to try out for a while. What else is, what else is going on? I can't say, I can't say this is going to close the topic of the fire. I don't know if, I don't know if anything's ever going to close the topic of the fire. To be honest with you, I imagine time time and distance right now even though it has been a month it seems like it seems like it was only yesterday that they were all going on all around me so I don't know man maybe after a while we'll just uh we'll kill this topic but it is it is gonna come up every once in a while because this show this show is largely about just it's just about my silly life and my silly life right now is uh surrounded by fire I took I took the dog out for a walk. There's like, there's like two or three different routes we'll take. One of them, we go around the middle school. The other one, we go around the park. And the other one, we go over behind the, behind Rinkin Valley Christian School up toward a deer trail. And we don't, we don't do this walk all that often. It's the opposite direction. I don't know what it is. I like to go, I like to go right. This way is left. It's. It's a bit of a longer walk too, and there's more traffic. There's more cars. I think that's the main reason I don't go over there that much. But we decided to, we decided to switch it up a bit, and we went over there. And I was, I was completely unaware that there was fire damage over there. I don't know if you recall or not. I, I said the day of the fire that it was. It was coming our direction, and then it turned left, and we were saved because the wind pushed it left. Well, left is the Christian school and that neighborhood over there, so I guess I should have figured that there would be fire damage, but I I didn't give it the thought that it warranted. And when I when I took Ursa over there and we're walking, I saw that there were there were three or four houses that were completely burnt out over there, and I talked to a guy who was there on the street and he told me that it's even worse up Deer Trail. He said Deer Trail is completely decimated. I don't have the heart to go and look over there. It's a neighborhood I have always admired. It's a bit more it's a bit more upper crust than my neighborhood. It's more up on the hill and I had always aspired to someday move up to Deer Trail. It's beautiful up there and I I can't bring myself to go see. I I did not realize that I didn't realize that there was that kind of damage so close to me. It's um it's scary, man. We got lucky. Things could have very very easily turned out differently, but they did not this time. So, let's hope we can take this and learn.
and we can try to prevent this in the future, I guess. I don't I don't know what kind of lesson don't know what kind of lesson you're supposed to get on surviving a disaster strictly through luck. Whatever, dude, though. There is uh there's other things going on. I I went to see a Thor. We saw Thor Ragnarok on my birthday. So why don't we jump into at the movies and you know, we'll we'll talk about Thor. It was a good time. And with all that said In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Carlos invaded Asgard. I'm putting together a team. It's me, you, and the big guy. Look who it is! I have to get off this planet. muscle in the body. I've got lots of muscles, so technically more brains. Thor Ragnarok. Rated PG-13. Everywhere November 3rd. I went to see Thor Ragnarok on my birthday. My birthday is November 4th. We saw it the day after, the day after it opened. We being me, 2.0, 2.0's gal pal, and the wife. We all went. We knew it was going to be a hoot. The previews and trailers for this have been just super dynamite. I have to say that I have been looking forward to this movie more than any movie in a long while. And the fact that we were going to be seeing it on my birthday, that made it like extra special and extra fun. And let me say, it turned out to be extra great. I thought this movie was a... I thought it was a terrific time. It is the latest uh, offering from Marvel Films. It stars, let's see, who does? Who does it star? It stars Chris Hemsworth. It stars the greatest actress in the known universe, Kate Blanchett. It has, uh, what is that guy's name who is Loki? Tom Hiddleston. It has... Idris Alba is in it. The girl from Creed is in it as Valkyrie. I don't know her name. I'm going to I'm gonna look into that really right quick. Let's see what that is. I I should have known this. I should have done my research ahead of time, but I didn't. I just uh, I just jumped into this right direct. I I don't even have the pages open. Huh? Looks like uh, looks like we're having a hard time connecting. Let's. Let's wait this out. Sometimes, you know, the lines, the lines are busy. You just, you just can't get through. Let's, uh, let's see. You like hearing that? You like the... You've got me. All right, there we go. Alrighty, let's go on over to the movie section here on AOL. Let's see what... Let's see what Poppin' is, uh, yeah, that's her name. Her name is Tessa Thompson. She was really great in Creed, and she is, she's good in this, too. She, she had kind of an interesting take on Valkyrie that I, I enjoyed. Carl Urban, who you might know as, uh, Dr. McCoy in the Star Trek movies. He's in it as Scourge, and Mark Ruffalo is in it as well. There are, there are, like, a couple surprises that I'm not, I'm not gonna spoil for you. I don't, I'm not... I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. Let's, um... Thor is in prison on the other side of the universe without his mighty hammer, and he finds himself in a race against time to get back to Asgard to stop a Ragnarok. 
the destruction of his homeworld and of all Asgardian civilization at the at the hands of the all-powerful new threat, the Ruthless Hella. Ruthless Hella. But first, he must survive a deadly gladiatorial contest that pits him against his former ally and fellow Avenger, the Incredible Hulk. So, Thor fights the Hulk on a gladiator planet. They give that away in the trailer, and they give that away in the commercials. I think it would have been, I think it would have been dope if I was watching the movie, and then when Thor is led into the, led into the arena, they reveal his opponent, and boom, it's the Hulk, and I didn't know. I would have, I would have popped huge for that, but... I guess they didn't want to, they wanna, didn't want to leave it to chance that somebody might not see the movie because the Incredible Hulk wasn't in it, you know, they, Marvel needs their money, DC needs their money, I dig it, but sometimes it's good to be surprised. The movie is, the movie is super funny, it was directed by Taika Watiti, who you may know from, uh, one of my favorite movies of last year, Beware the Wilder People, and he did a movie about vampires called We Live in the Shadows that is super hilarious. If you haven't seen that, check it out. I think it's actually on Amazon Prime Movies. So if you have that, so is so is Wilder People. So if you have that, you can check it out. Both are funny. And he brought he brought the funny to this in spades. All of the all the Marvel movies, except maybe, like, maybe Winter Soldier, they all try to be comedies, and they all do have some, uh, they have some yucks in them, but I don't think that they hit on all cylinders like a hardcore comedy does. And when I say hardcore, I don't mean, like, an R-rated type comedy. I mean a movie that's, like, an all-out comedy. This one, this one, though, succeeds as a comedy as well as an action movie. There are some, there are some legitimate laugh-out-loud moments. Like, I was, I was yucking it up in the theater, which is, which is always fun. It's cool when you're seeing a movie and you just, like, out of control just start laughing because something was so funny. And this movie has, I don't know, at least, like, five or six laugh-out-loud moments. The, the comedy works, and the action and the set design are all also, also super terrific. Some of the dudes who live on the gladiator world have the neatest costume design. A lot of it was, a lot of it was, like, reminiscent of Flash Gordon, the 80s Flash Gordon, I thought. But that's, that's a great thing. I will not complain about that. There is... Terrific music too. Mark uh, Mothersbaugh did the did the score for the flick, and he came through with some really neat like synth music. I I dug that a lot. They also they use some Led Zeppelin at a few key moments, and that works perfectly. One has to wonder how they how they avoided using that uh that famed Led Zeppelin tune for Thor up until this point. I would have I would have called for it in the first scene of the first movie that I was directing, and. That's what uh that's what Taika Waititi does here, and that, that hits really hard too. You're gonna enjoy that for sure. And uh, Kate Blanchett, the greatest actress in the world, Kate Blanchett is in in Thor. That itself is that's bananas, right? You expect her to be in like a Wes Anderson movie or like a P.T. Anderson movie or some like some like arty farty movie that you don't really want to see, but gets like a lot of uh, a lot of Oscar buzz. But nah, she's in here wearing like six-foot deer antlers made out of, like, obsidian and a green and black bodysuit and a cape and just, 
she just tears it up. She is so good in this. A lot, a lot, a lot of... A lot of fun was had by me by having her in the movie. She is, she's terrific. She is uh, the greatest actress in the world. And I, I understand that she got into this because she wanted to, she wanted to be in something that her kids would enjoy. And that, that's pretty cool. And I'm sure they enjoyed it. I thought she looked really neat. I have bought the Marvel Legend of Hela and have had my eye on the, uh, Mini-mate of Hella. I've been trying to scale down my mini-mate collection lately. I have, I have so many, and there are so many that I was buying when I was, I don't know, man. There was, like, this period of time when I was in a mini-mate frenzy, and I was buying just about every pack that came out. And I, I'm trying to get rid of all of the ones that I don't, that I don't want. I got some from, like, Marvel versus Capcom that I don't know why I bought. I have all these ones that I don't know why I bought, like, the real Ghostbusters. Nothing against the real Ghostbusters, but I don't know, I don't know why I would buy the whole collection of real Ghostbuster Minimates, but, uh, I do, I do have my eye on Hella. I have, I have so many Minimates of Thor, and to be honest, I did not so much enjoy the, uh, the first two Thor movies, but I bought the Minimates anyway, because I was... I was in a mini-mate buying frenzy. I think I have four or five different versions of Thor. I have Anthony Hopkins. I have, I have Tom Hiddleston. I do have, uh, what's her name? Kat Dennings. And I think that, I think that's kind of funny having like a a Kat Dennings mini-mate. And she comes with a, um, like a small laptop. So that's neat. Out of all the Thor movies, this one is... This one is far and away my favorite. I don't say this a lot, but it is, it's probably guaranteed enjoyment. It did, it did take a while at the start of the movie for me to get used to the tone because it is, it is awfully jokey. If you're not into that, I don't know, I don't know if this is for you. It was awfully jokey, but the jokes are good. The jokes work. If you go and you see like, Avengers or whatever, you know, Tony Stark and all those dudes, they're, they're like wisecracking it up, but the wisecracks are hardly ever all that funny. That's fine. They're trying. I respect it. Some people do think they're funny and I'm not going to hold that against anybody, man. Tastes are different, but this movie has a lot of good yucks, but it does, it does take a while to get used to the to the tone of it. It's a definitely an action comedy as opposed to just a straight up action with some comedy in it. It was fun though. It was definitely slamming. It did have that thing that uh that a lot of Marvel movies have in that it is almost like it's almost like two movies in one movie. You have the the whole thing where Thor's on the gladiator planet and he has to he has to try to free himself from that. And then you have the whole thing where, like, Asgard is going to get destroyed and Thor has to, he has to stop that. Either one of the two things could have been, they could have been a movie on their own, but I don't know what it is. It's almost part of the Marvel formula to give you, to give you two separate movies in one, which is fine. I get it. I am getting more for my money, but I... I wouldn't have minded more details on the Gladiator planet or maybe more details on Ragnarok and less details on the Gladiator planet. But they're not gonna, you know, if they go and they make two movies, it's gonna be, 
it's going to be years in between. So it's better to just, better to get all your Thor here in, in one big dose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of you for asking. What did I do for the rest of my birthday? Well, we went and we saw Thor and that was fun. We did that early. I like to go to the movies early in the day when there are less people there. There were, there were a lot of people in line to see Thor when... When the theater opened, or at least I thought that they were in line to see Thor, and I felt like we were a bit far behind. I was I was slightly frustrated about that. But then we got into into the movie theater, and I was I was waiting in the back. I was actually like getting poker stops while while the rest of them were in line getting the snacks. It's my birthday. I don't have to wait in line with them. So I'm doing that, and I'm also like observing what people are doing in the lobby and. I was, I was completely taken aback by the fact that I saw a large group of people who I thought were coming in to see Thor. They looked like Thor people, you know, they had, you know, like pop culture clothes on and stuff or whatever. And I thought that they were going to go see Thor, but I saw them all dip into a Medea Halloween. I was, I was completely taken aback that they were going to see a Tyler Perry movie instead of the latest Marvel offering, and then I was even more taken aback by the fact that this was, this was like days after Halloween. I think that it's weird to see a holiday movie after the holiday. That's just me. I don't know if that's something people do, but it's definitely not something I do. I was, there's no other way to put it. I was taken aback by these people going to see Medea Halloween on the opening weekend of Thor, but, uh, we were there, we did that, and then we came home, we took the dogs for like a nice walk around the neighborhood. This was, this was when I discovered the burnt out houses around the corner, and that was, that was disturbing, and it, it, uh, it put a damper on the rest of the day, I will, I will say that, but from there we went to Cattleman's, which is a local steakhouse. I, I like to have a good steak, we went to, uh, we went to Outback the other week, we tried to go to Cattleman's. We went there first, but Cattleman's was booked completely for the whole entire night. We wanted to, we wanted to go out and get a steak and celebrate the fact that we didn't die in the wildfire. It was, uh, the fire was, uh, long gone by this point, and we wanted to celebrate the fact that we did not perish. So, we joined seemingly everybody else in Santa Rosa who also wanted to go get a steak at Cattleman's. So, we wound up in Outback Steakhouse over in Roner Park, which is fine. Outback's fine, but to me, it's not Cattleman's. You know, I wanted to go to Cattleman's, a Santa Rosa restaurant, and celebrate my Santa Rosa survival. But instead, Outback Steakhouse, what are you going to do? But... I did have a good time then, and I had a good time on my birthday at Cattleman's. I got a got a nice big steak. I got some fries. I I went and I allowed myself a special uh, dispensation to have sugar. As you all know, I'm off the sugar for the uh, for the time being, for the foreseeable future. But it was my birthday, so I I allowed myself to share a piece of cheesecake with the wife. That was fun. Saw Thor, ate some cheesecake, had a steak. I give. Let's give the. Let's give the overall day a rating. I give the I give the day a four mics, a solid four mics because there was a steak involved and we had a reservation so we didn't have to wait, which is always always sweet, but when it comes to the movie Thor Ragnarok, I am going to give it a real solid 3.5 mics. 3.5 mics.
drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. Alrighty, tidy whitey, we are back for... We're back for the final segment of the show where we go over... We go over a note cards full of stuff that I gather up during the course of the week. Just like... Random news bits or observations or, like, things I bought or things that I want to buy. Things like that. I don't know. We're going to... We're going to start off with some news from the world the world of comics. I love comics. I think the comics might be my number one love as far as collecting. Well, I don't even doubt it at this point because we went over this during the fire episode when the flames were encroaching upon the Earth base. The thing that I grabbed as far as... uh. As far as collectibles was some comics and I don't know that showed me that when the chips were down comics are my are my favorite thing but um my favorite personal writer I think in the in the world of comics is Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis writes he writes just about every everything for Marvel. He's written the Avengers, he's written the X-Men, he did a he did a historic run on Daredevil. He uh wrote and created Jessica Jones well in a in a shocking turn of events he is going to be leaving Marvel Comics this week and he's going to start up with competitor DC under an exclusive contract that's really that's really huge news Bendis is the dude that's been he's been steering Marvel for years and the direction they are in the way that they got there it's it's all based on his work. He started off with a with a famous run on the Avengers where he where he took a team of Avengers led by Luke Cage and he had them on the run after after the Marvel Civil War where the end result of the Civil War was that all superheroes had to register with the government and Luke Cage didn't want to and he led a team of he led a team of Avengers for a couple years where they were just they were on the run from Tony Stark's and the pro registration dudes. That was that was one of my favorite runs in all of comics. It might actually be my favorite run in all the times in all of comics. And then he led it into where Norman Osborn became the became the leader of Shield, which he renamed Hammer. Norman Osborn is he's the Green Goblin, and this was interesting because it was it was a world with an evil guy, an evil guy in charge. It was it was a bit ahead of its time as far as storylines go. He went through that. He he was he was the captain of the ship for the longest time and it's it's going to be an interesting world going forward in Marvel without him without him steering the way. Right now I think I read I think I read three or four comics he writes. I read Jessica Jones. I read The Defenders. I read Iron Man. That might, that might be it right now. He has, he sort of clunked his last few big things though. He was the guy behind the, behind the Secret War and that wasn't, that wasn't too great. So it may, it may be time creatively for, 
for Mr. Bendis to go out there and try something new. And I, for one, at first, I was shocked. At first, I was stunned. I didn't know what to think. But the more that I, the more that I let it bounce around in my head, the more that I started thinking, this could be, this could be interesting. Let's see what, let's see what this guy has to say when he's given a whole new universe, a whole new cast of characters to work with. I'd like to see him on something Something like Green Arrow might be cool. He's really good at writing, like, street-level characters. You know, dudes who are out there on the street level, like Daredevil, like Jessica Jones, like Luke Cage, like Iron Fist. Guys like that. It might be cool if he did something like, uh, brought back the question, Vic Sage. I know that the question, Vic Sage, passed away in the world of DC, but nothing like that is ever necessarily set in stone, so... That could be cool. There's any number of things you could you could have him do. Have him bring back like the human target, I don't know, or Johnny Double. I could see I could see a lot of these side hatch characters getting revitalized by having somebody somebody like Brian Bendis writing it. So I don't know, man. I'm sure it's all gonna I'm sure it's all gonna turn out good in the end. While uh we're still in the world of comics, I got a couple comics for my birthday. One I bought for myself and the other one the uh the wife bought for me. The first one is, I like first appearances. I collect first appearances of characters. I think a lot of people that are into comics collect first appearances, but I was able to pick up a couple that I don't have, and that's cool. I got Marvel Spotlight number 12, which is the first appearance of the Son of Satan. I've been, I've been a fan of the son of Satan for a long time. I just think his name is so fun. He's the son of Satan. And in the world of comics, he is literally the son of Satan. So at some point, you know, I could see him getting a push of some kind. I could, I could actually see a movie called The Son of Satan based on a Marvel character. I don't know that, I don't know that it is necessarily something that like Marvel Studios would do, but if this character happened to be owned by, happened to be owned by, uh, Sony or Fox or whatever, I could see the people who were behind Blade going ahead with a Son of Satan movie, but I don't know. I I don't really think that'll ever happen, but weirder things have happened in the world. And then, uh, the wife picked me up X-Men number 129, which is the first appearance of my favorite, my personal favorite X-Men, Kitty Pride, as well as Emma Frost, the White Queen. So you got... You got a nice double first appearance there. This is, this was very thoughtful on her behalf. Many moons ago, we were in Reno and we were at, we were at a comic shop and I saw this comic up on the wall and I was telling her, you know, I think I'm going to get that. It was, it was 50 bucks. And I remember I had 50 bucks in cash in my pocket and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to get that. But then I talked myself out of it and I've kind of, I've kind of regretted it ever since, and the topic has come up more than once about how this was, this was a comic that I coveted, so it was, it was cool of her to get it for my birthday. That's what, that's what raised the birthday up into the four mics category, so I got those two, oh. Before we, before we close the subject on the, on the son of Satan, there is, there is a bit of controversy about this being his first appearance. According to Legend, he also appeared in the background of Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider number one, which is not the first appearance of Ghost Rider, but some people do think that is the first appearance of Damon Hellstorm, the son of Satan. But according to the handbook of the Marvel Universe, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, the first appearance of the son of Satan is Marvel Spotlight number 12. So that's what they say. 
that's what I went with. I saw it on eBay. I got it for a good price. I was I was pretty happy, and I feel like I got the right one. They're they're the ones who decide. I also like I like to speculate on first appearances. I like to kind of try to try to pick a character that might be more successful in the future. That like like the stock market. You know, I look for. I look to uh, buy low, sell high with comics, and I had my eye on one for a while. It was Superman number 287 or something like that. It was the first appearance of Tracy 13, who is, she's the daughter of 70s DC mystical character Dr. 13. Dr. 13 was like a paranormal investigator, and Tracy 13 is, she's his daughter, and she's also a paranormal investigator. At one time... I was, I was looking at this comic and it was like a buck 98 and I didn't buy it for whatever reason. I just, I was, I was too lazy to push the button, the one click buy button on eBay. I didn't do it. And then like a week later, CW announced that they have a, they have a show in pre-production called 13, which is going to be about Dr. 13 and Tracy 13. And then overnight the comic went up to like 35 bucks and She's a character that I actually liked. I thought her name was Super Money. Tracy 13 is a money name, and I I had my chance to get it cheap. Now I'm going to have to pay through the nose for it. That's, that's a lesson I want you guys to, I want you to ruminate about that. If if you see something and you want it, and it's not really that expensive, it's like a buck 98, just go ahead and get it, because if... If this happens to you, you'll feel like a dum-dum, you'll regret it for a while, and nobody likes, nobody likes to feel like a dum-dum. What else? What else is popping? Oh, I've been, I've been watching Riverdale. Riverdale is fantastic. I think it's like, I think it's like one of the best shows on TV. It is, it transcends being one of these CW shows, and don't get me wrong, man, I love, I love a CW show. I love The Flash. I love, well, I like The Arrow. I love The Legends of Tomorrow. I love all that stuff, but... Riverdale is like a step above that. It actually would succeed on a network or whatever. It's it's pretty cool. This season they have introduced the they've introduced a character of the Black Hood. I wouldn't say that he's been like fully introduced as a character, but the Black Hood is and he's a old uh like a red circle Archie Comics superhero. He's more of He's more of a vigilante than a superhero. In his original incarnation, he was he was like a police officer type dude who would go out at night and take care of criminals that that he couldn't do within the within the rules and regulations of the force. But now he is he's more like the Punisher and he goes out there and he smokes villains who he thinks needs to get smoked. And now now Homie's in Riverdale. He's not like He's not like the same character. He is, he is the mystery bad guy for this season. He is, he's a cold-blooded murderer and he's already, he's already caught a couple bodies and tried to catch a couple more and the mystery of the season is who is, who is the Black Hood. I like the Black Hood as a character. I read, I read Straczynski's last series of Black Hood comics from now it's called Dark Circle. Archie has a comic book imprint and it's called Dark Circle. And I, I read The Black Hood and I, I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it and I was excited to see him pop up as a character. But I would have preferred if he wasn't the big bad guy. But I don't know. That's that's neither here nor there. It's cool enough and I never, 
I never thought I would see a world where the Black Hood was actively on a popular TV show. I am I'm really digging Riverdale this season. It's good stuff. The the action is tight. There's been like a few fights between the uh, Southside Serpents and the Riverdale boys. There's been all kinds of stuff going on and Archie's kind of, he's starting to go, he's starting to go off the edge a bit. It's good stuff. If you're not watching Riverdale, season one is on Netflix and it's worth watching just to be able to catch up with season two when they do, when they do that period of time where they replay the early episodes or at the end of the season when they replay all the stuff. Definitely, definitely worth checking out. Also, also Star Trek Discovery is worth checking out if you aren't checking it out already. That is the, that's the latest Star Trek series. It's on the, it's on the CBS app, which is, which is inconvenient, but it is, it's definitely worth checking out. The story is set before, before the original series and it focuses on a character known as, uh, known as Michael Burnham, who is played by, played by Sasha from The Walking Dead. She is, she is a human that was raised by Vulcans. She was actually, she was actually raised by Sarek on the planet Vulcan as sort of a half-sister of Spock. And I understand that, I understand that a lot of people are a bit, a bit upset that this isn't following continuity perfectly, and I am not necessarily one who cares, like, a lot about continuity. I want, I want attempts to be made at it. I want people to try and do it, but if you can't do it and the end result is a good story, I'm not, I'm not gonna sweat it so much. I look at Star Trek Discovery like this. I think that... This is the, this is the early stories of the continuity that is the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. The ones with Chris Pine and Zach Quinto and all those guys. I think this is what happened before that movie. That's kind of, that's kind of what I tell myself. Like, this is the new continuity. Not the one necessarily of back in the old days. This is the more new universe that is... Similar to when Marvel did the Ultimate Universe and they like jazzed everything up and they made it all new and fresh. I think that's what this is. And that doesn't bother me too much because I'm getting some good stories out of it. I think this show is fun. They're at war with the Klingons and they have like some kind of new super fresh kind of drive that allows them to like jump all over the universe. And this is the only thing that's allowing us to stay ahead of the Klingons who have... They have cloaking technology and all that stuff. I really dug it so far. Rain Wilson was on it as Mud, the, the, what would you call him? He's a con man, pimp, player, hustler type from the original series. He, he was on an episode that involved time travel. And this was, to me, the best one so far. They have just hit the mark of the, what do you call it? The... The winter break. They're going to take a break. They're going to come back in January. I believe there have been eight episodes so far. And I have enjoyed each and every one. Each and every one hasn't been an A. But they have all been at least C pluses. To some of them being as high as B pluses. It's good stuff. If you if you have the way to check it out already. Check it out. I don't, I don't know if I would say to go ahead and get the CBS app. It's probably going to come out on DVD. And that might... That might be a cool way to enjoy this in the future. But at the same time, you do want them to keep producing the show. So 
it may be that you have to you have to suck it up, join the app like I did, and you know pay for the stuff that's out there that you want them to keep making. I don't know. It's just it's kind of weird how that works. But uh, the more you pay, the more they play is is the rule of the game. Actually, go do this. Go to thelogbook.com. That is the website of the great Earl Green, and sign up. Through there, he has a program where every time somebody signs up for the CBS app through his site, he gets a small kickback. Earl Green's a great guy. When the fire popped off, he tweeted me and said that me and my family and all my pets could come stay with him. He does live in Arkansas, which is a bit of a trek for me, but the the effort was there. The offer was there. And to me, that makes us bros for life. So go to thelogbook.com. Check out the logbook. It's a great site. Check that out. And while you're there, sign up for the CBS app or buy something on Amazon through his link. Earl Green's a great guy. He puts out a great show every day. And also another one called Don't Give This Tape to Earl, which I wish came out more often, but only because I love it so much. Not because I don't feel the efforts there, because I do feel like feel like bro's working on stuff all the time he's a good guy real productive been posting all the all the episode breakdowns for star trek discovery and i appreciate that too earl green the logbook.com that was that was a bit of a sidebar i guess but i have been i have been meaning to say that you should sign up through good old earl and i don't know man i guess I guess we're at the point in which I normally like to stop the show. I like to come in around 45 minutes or so. I don't, I don't know how long you could take me droning on and on in your ears. And I don't want to push it. So we're going to, we're going to call it a day. This has been the T-R-U-R-P-T 136. All about Thor, Ragnarok, and all sorts of other stuff. Star Trek Discovery, Riverdale, I don't know. You name it, comic books, Brian Michael Bendis, uh... This is me, Icy Robot, Sunday Coffee, if you don't do, now you know. This has been Icy Robots Radio production. Icy Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier... Please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.